What's up, podcast? Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of The Corecast. Have a really special one for you this week. We talked with the founder of XIP Training and Ridgeline athlete, Adrian Geyer. We had a really great conversation about how we got his start in training, why it's so important to treat everyone like an athlete, and the three things he requires from athletes every time they set foot in his gym, as well as a little bit about Ridgeline athlete. I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this podcast episode. So with that, Let's get started. This is the Corecast by Anchor Health and Fitness. Welcome in everyone to a, another edition of the Corecast. As usual, I am your host Mike Carlson, and today joined by a super special guest. He is the founder and owner of XIP Training, Adrian Geyer. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. I, uh, I'm stoked to be able to chat with you today. Well, we're stoked to be able to chat with you. And, and I just want to jump right into, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get started? Give me your, your comic book number one. What is, what's kind of the, the genesis and the origin of you getting into training and, and really getting into sports training in specific? Yeah, well, I think everybody's got their, you know, their, their story that, especially in this field, I think you have to have a a real strong uh, foundation and why for, for what drives you to want to help other people. Um, and for me, you know, I grew up, grew up an athlete uh, in a very athletic family. So it was very, um, that was like, that's what was normal to us. Um, but ultimately um, my, you know, I, I went to a, an elite ski academy, um, went to a couple different high schools, but that, that ski academy where, um, we were, we, we lived the life of, of an athlete. And, and what I mean by that is that it was eat, sleep, train, compete. Um, and that was something that, that stuck with me for a long time. Uh, and, and to this day, so it, it was at that and an injury. I was in a bad car accident. Um, somebody drove across the center line and hit us head on. And, and that really changed my own, um, you know, my athletic life. Uh, and it led to a lot of uh, rehabilitation, uh, reconditioning, and ultimately, a, you know, that, that sort of fight to get back to what was. And, and, you know, that happened for a reason is the way I look at it. You know, I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to, to make it out. Uh, it did change some athletics for me, but uh, it also led me to have this, you know, real desire to help others the way that, you know, athletic trainers and therapists and doctors had helped me uh, yeah. coming back. So that kind of led to uh, a change in majors in college. I was wildlife biology mm-hmm. uh, and then I made the switch to uh, actually switch schools and changed into a um, program of uh, strength and conditioning, uh, exercise science. And uh, the rest is uh, kind of history in terms of um, what led me to that field. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, somewhere in college was when I decided that, you know, I want to be a trainer, a strength coach. And, and uh, after college, I started a job in New Hampshire uh, near Dartmouth College and um, was surrounded by some really great people, uh, uh, great mentors and people that were just so fired up about the field and helping others. And, and that led to uh, wanting to do the same thing for my you know, my hometown and the community here and the athletes here. So mm-hmm. three years down the road from 
working in the field as a, as a trainer and strength coach, uh, decided to take the plunge and, and uh, open up my own uh, place. And that's where uh, XIP was born. Well, and, and take me into that a little bit, because I think it's, it's so fascinating to, like you said, you switched your majors, you've been in the field for a little bit. What was the, the reason for founding XIP? I mean, you could have gone one route and just, you know, stayed, you know, in, in kind of just the track you were on, but you decided to, you know, say, I'm going to not only be a trainer, uh, I'm going to start my own business and, and start my own practice and, and really training philosophy around that. What went into that founding decision and, and to really start XIP? Um, well, there was nothing else here. So uh, there was really no other options for, um, I, I knew that I wanted to help the local community. I mean, um, I love this area. Um, and I knew that at some point I, I wanted to be here, not just because family was here and because this was home, but, uh, geographically it has a lot of what I need outside mm -hmm. of work and, you know, um, my, my uh, career path. So um, that was, you know, really, it was the only way that I was going to get back here and to, yeah. to make a living, you know, to support, um, to support myself, uh, pay off those college bills. And <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, but also because um, deep down, you know, that's, I just wanted, like I said, I wanted to help these, these kids here that, and not just kids, but all athletes. Um, and I, I, there was nothing here, you know, I, I felt like I, maybe I could make a difference. Um, and I think that that ultimately is what it comes down to is, uh, you know, to be able to make a difference at, at some level um, is very important to me. Um, you know, that drives me. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be, I don't have to be famous in any way, but if I can help make a difference in, in somebody's life through, um, you know, through training, uh, then I, you know, that, that means a lot. That's, um, that drives me. No, I, and I absolutely love that. And it's, it's something that in, in all the trainers that we've talked to, that's what it comes down to. It's about making a difference, not only in a, a physical sense and that you're getting stronger, faster, you know, meeting those sports specific goals, but in a, a holistic sense as well, you're making a difference, you know, exercise sports are such a positive outlet for so many different things. And, and to be able to give, you know, people an avenue to pursue those, whether it's, you know, your, your guy who's just trying to stay in shape and, and stay athletic or someone who's more of a, a, a sports specific athlete, who's trying to meet a specific goal. Um, it, it, it makes a difference no matter what. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think that, um, you know, uh, it's, you can call it selfish, but, uh, we all, we have to have that, that inner drive. You have to have that fire. And, and if, you, if, if you really don't enjoy and, and, and you can't find that why then, um, you know, I think that you're going to have a hard time being successful in, in changing other people's habits and lifestyles and, and changing the human body if you can't do that. So, um, and that, that's for anything that we do, you have to be passionate. Um, it's a, it's a short life we live and, and, uh, to not have that, that passion, uh, every day is, uh, it's a hard thing. So. Totally. Well, I, I want to dive into XIP because I think, first of all, the, the whole stuff you have going on there, it's just tremendous. And, and one of the things that stuck out to me, and, and this has been a common theme with everyone we've talked to, is that you talk about everyone there is an athlete. Every single person who walks in the door, you focus on this idea of everyone's an athlete, you know, everyone can 
be given the the privileges and, and be given kind of the, you know, ability to feel like they're an athlete. Why, you know, of, of all the different philosophies and, and things out there, did you kind of hone in on that, you know, being one of the, the big beliefs with XIP is that everyone is an athlete and everyone should be, be treated as such? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, we all, as you know, we all must perform on some level every day. And I think that, you know, very early on, um, one, you know, I have to, we train all levels and all, like I could never make enough. Um, <laughs> I could never make enough in a day if I was just focused on high school athletes or the competitive athlete, uh, because it's, it just wouldn't fill my schedule. Uh, so, you know, the adult population um, is very important to, uh, that's a very, very important part of our, our business model. And, you know, especially in this area uh, where we're not just surrounded by professional athletes and elite level athletes. Yes, we have some uh, who, who train with us uh, and some very high level college and high school athletes. But again, that wouldn't fill our schedule. So making sure that people felt you know, as though this was a, a good option for them uh, was important. And, and in the beginning, the just the word, I mean, XIP is extra innings performance. And that word performance could be very daunting, scary for people uh, to maybe they think, oh my gosh, I, I'm not a competitive athlete. Therefore, that's not the place, you know, for me. And I didn't want that to be the case. Uh, our slogan is better performance for life. So like being able to go, what is your extra inning? Like, you know, it was kind of a play on words and how can we help imp improve that? Uh, so it was more of a mindset. And, it, and if you, if you can, if you have that mindset of I'm an athlete and I'm here to improve my performance on some level, whatever that might be the weekend warrior riding their bike, skiing, yeah. Um, we have a ton of up here, uh, or the competitive athlete, the high school kid or the college athlete or the professional athlete, we almost perform on some level every day and, and having that, that mindset, having a purpose that it's bigger than just a workout, you know, and, and anybody can go just sweat, you know, mm -hmm. but to have this purpose and to have something bigger that we want to achieve, uh, is very vital piece of that that process um and this is what we wanted or i should say what i wanted uh, this goal oriented sort of mindset from the people that came through our doors uh, because everybody overlaps here you know we will have just this morning i had two professional athletes uh snowcross athletes uh here at the same time as mm -hmm. um they overlap with a with a boot camp you know of of middle-aged to uh, adults. Uh, and then there was training right alongside, although on different programs, um, with those professional athletes was guys in their 60s and early 70s, guys who still throw down on the yeah. ski hill and on their mountain bikes. And, you know, you, you might walk in and be like, oh my God, you know, look at this guy go. But ev everybody has this, this same approach and the same mindset and they can sit down after their workout and say, hey, you know, hey, Link, how was your workout? And he can look to the 70-year-old plus guy and be like, yeah, you, you kicked ass on that airdyne today or, or whatever, you're looking, looking good. And it's, everybody's the same, you know, and, and it's mm -hmm. just, we're at different places, we're at different levels.
and so I think that that's the, the biggest reason why um, that I, I kind of knew that going in that we had to have some diversity in our populations that we train and you, you know you want to make sure that you market accordingly uh, so that you can run your business because you yeah. the fact is you got to get people through the doors if you want to pay the bills and, and mm -hmm. so yeah that's really fascinating. I, and you hit on a lot there. So I want to unpack a whole lot of it. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I, I love it. So I, I think it's interesting. You know, you talk about your training, you know, guys who are 67 year old, you know, boot camp who are, are still absolutely just crushing it, you know, professional snowcross athletes skiing. You talked about is, you know, big one baseball, all these different sports. How do you approach, you know, training such a wide variety of athletes? Is it, are you, I mean, obviously you're looking at someone like, you know, what are your needs athletically, you know, what are your goals, but you know, what have been some of the key learnings from training people, you know, all the way from your 67 year old who's mountain biking to your professional snow crosser to maybe someone who's, you know, pitching or, or playing, you know, some kind of a, a traditional, you know, basketball, baseball, football type of sport. What's, what's that like? And what have been some of those learnings from that? Yeah. I mean, um, I think that if, if you, if you try not to complicate it too much and understand that, that the human body, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, performance, um, it's sport of any level, um, is very dynamic. And, you know, I think that that's where the, the one similarity, one of the similarities would be that, you know, understanding that the body like to move dynamically and be kinetic, like we have to train that way. We have to treat the body as such. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as easy as just like come in, do those movements and therefore you will be better in your sport. Like it doesn't work that way. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, some, some people understand that and others don't. I mean, the very novice level athlete, it's uh, the, uh, the analogy of, of a toothpaste um, container. You, in the beginning, you can squeeze the toothpaste anywhere mm -hmm. in the tube, yeah. and toothpaste is going to come out. It, think of that as like the beginner uh, trainee. But then what happens when you're getting down to the end and you've mm -hmm. squeezed all the toothpaste out of the top? Like you got to squeeze that tube in the right place to mm -hmm. be able to have adaptation and to, to see improvements happen. Um, so – you know, in, in what I've learned uh, in the getting closer to 15 years now of doing this is that I treat all, all athletes in that manner. Like we all, they all come through the door and, and they, they might have a different reason. Maybe it's recovered from an injury or reconditioning to begin with or what have you. But again, having that mindset of I'm an athlete and I want to perform at in these things, um, whatever that might be, sport just the sport of life, chasing yeah. your grandkids around, for example, uh, that sport, um, you know, having that mindset allows us to always come back to, okay, well, how, how are we going to get the body to, to perform in this manner for you? And, you know, that, I guess I'm taking a long way around here, but no, go for it. We want athletes who are able to move kinetically like that, like link all systems and segments together um, to be very, you know, as I always say, you know, even if you're 70, we want to be the bounciest 70 year old that we can be. Yeah. You don't want to be static and robotic. Yeah. And I think that is the biggest in terms of my learning curve. And I'm still, I still feel like I know nothing, but 
the biggest learning curve being that early on it was like, okay, I'm going to write this program and Mm -hmm. fit these movements to this athlete. And therefore they will be better. And and I just realized that that's not the case. Like you Mm -hmm. can make them really great in the gym, but I need for what we do in here to make you great in your sport, in your activity. And so understanding that the body is, is such a, such a kinetic and dynamic beast that, that, um, that's, that's how we ultimately will, will work to train the athlete. Now you'll always have some roadblocks, you know, especially if like, you know, somebody comes in with an ACL reconditioning. Well, yeah, obviously we got, we got to make that thing good too, but that knee and the first thing I do with a, a reconditioning client is say, Hey, remember this knee is just like, look at the whole body. Look how big that, that is. This knee is such a small piece of you. Like, let's understand that that's just a small piece of everything. Like you're not broken, you know, we're, you're compromised. Sure. But we're going to train everything and yeah, we're going to focus on that. But ultimately we can't forget about everything else. And, and I think that having that more holistic mindset has been very helpful. Um, in writing programs and developing strategies, you know, to help athletes uh, improve. Um, so yeah. did I answer your question? No, <laughs> I, you were a hundred percent there. And, and again, it's like, you, you keep answering. And I'm like, Oh my God, like there's more I, I, I want to dive into. And I think the, you talk about being dynamic, you know, moving, you know, it's, it, your training, it's, it's not just, Hey, you know, sit in one area and do this. It's, it's a full body movement the entire way. And I think that's always been one of the, the things that, I've always admired with it. Whenever I've seen a video come across my feet, I'm like, okay, like you're moving. Like you're not just doing like the traditional, like, Hey, I'm going to sit here and, and, you know, do 10 squats and call it a day. Like you're moving, you're dynamic. What was, what was the inspiration behind that? I mean, there's a lot of people have a lot of different approaches, but you've kind of focused in on this, you know, body as a, a whole dynamic machine. Is there anything, you know, in, in your early days training that you were like, okay, that's the way I'm going to go down as opposed to maybe this other path. Well, I think that, you know, for any professional in our field that went through um, the academic approach to um, receiving a degree in exercise science, and, you know, you almost get in some ways pigeonholed, and and I'm not trying to downplay my degree and and what I learned because that's vital. Um, However, what the book tells you uh, is only, you know, it it only gets you so far. And, And honestly, I think that um, not to go down another rabbit hole, but no, that, like when you get out of school, you, you've learned this, you've got this bit of a foundation more or less of the, like, how does the body work? Um, mm-hmm. But now, you know, like there's, there's this art and this, this intuition that you only get with experience. And I think that the biggest tragedy is when trainers, coaches don't allow that organic sort of, um, change to happen as you learn more and realize that, okay, that, that wasn't the best approach. You know, the way I did it in the beginning, that doesn't mean it was wrong. Um, but it means I need to learn. Like I, I have to be always evolving and learning, um, or else it's just this, just like we talk about movement, then my programming and my, my approach is static, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and robotic. And so, you get out of school and you'll have this foundation of that's what I know. And people are Mm -hmm. comfortable. I'm not going to have you do something that I'm not comfortable with that. I don't understand. 
yeah. uh, if you're my client. So, you know, and then we slowly evolved. But I think to answer your question, it was that I started seeing that those perfectly drawn out plans, uh, being a program or whatever, it wasn't, I'm like, man, nothing, like I didn't get the result that I wanted. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we say um, quite often here is, is monitor and measure where you want to see change. Well, if Mike walks in and this is his goals and this is where he wants to see change, one of my jobs is, yeah. is to help you see those changes happen. Um, if I wasn't able to do that, then I would probably lose my job. You might go hire somebody else. Uh, I am a nice guy, so you might stick around for a little bit longer. But of course, yeah, of course. It, it came down to me standing on the sidelines and hearing parents, you know, of some of these younger athletes saying, oh, my gosh, look at how he's moving. You know, oh, man, look at those cuts, you know, or, or, um, or oh, I felt like I could, you know, absorb, you know, when I was riding my snowmobile, those athletes, like I, I just felt better through, through this or that. What you never hear is those parents or the, or the feedback that says, oh, wow, look at, look at little Johnny move. Looks like he's squatting more. Like, yeah. Nobody says that. They say, oh, he looks faster. He looks more dynamic, like mm -hmm. things you can see. Now, hey, I'm not trying to downplay. There's a time and a place to lift and you got to get yeah. stronger too. But I realized that that kind of conventional approach I needed more. Like we needed find, to find ways to really um, – like sharpen the scalpel for their sport. Again, bringing yeah. it back to how can I make them better for their sport and not just better for the gym because ultimately mm -hmm. nobody gives to, you know, what, yeah. how much you, <laughs> how much you lift if you can't yeah. move well on the field. So it was trying to find the best strategies to help them move better in their sport, like just move well. And ultimately that's what led to, more durability, less injury, um, you know, seeing athletes that were more dynamic, but also able to be like, they could handle more situations yeah. that they encounter in their sport. And that, that was when it, it clicked. And I was like, Whoa, you know, like it's not how much weight on the bar, it's the speed of the bar or mm -hmm. using the bar as an example, um, yeah. or how, how much uh, flow you have in your movement versus mm -hmm. are you moving more robotically and those sort of changes like thinking about the fascia versus just the muscle and and how is energy transferred through the body and that to me is still like I, i'm just obsessed now with those those systems in our training and how to integrate that mm -hmm. for the 70 year old and then yeah. for the like the eight-year-old you know mm -hmm. so no, I, I think you, I, I think it's really interesting. And, and the thing that sticks out there the most to me that you said is, you know, everyone talks about it's, it's how I feel, how I'm moving, I'm more durable, you know, it, no one looks at you, you know, whether you're running outside or, you know, on the, on the pitcher's mound or on the ski slope, like, wow, that guy looks like he could, he could really move some, he could really bench, like he could really move some weight, or he could really, you know, like you said, squat, it's, it's about movement. And it's about being able to move in a way that's, you know, durable sustainable um and and more yeah. importantly just easy like with ease in the sense that you're not feeling clunky you're not feeling robotic it's it's very movement based first and like you said there's a time and a place to to really move some move some weight around but the focus is it shouldn't just be on that it should be on you know how am i moving and, and really more importantly how am i feeling right now 
Absolutely. You said a word there. You said sustainable. Now that that is um, a key piece to it is is what I'm doing here. Uh, these athletes that are coming in at, at whatever level, a- am I helping them sustain this way of life for the longest period possible? Because if I'm not right, like force over time, you are going to pay for that. So yeah. although we must we must at some point change the tensile you know, properties of a muscle, if we hope to get greater power and, and speed, et cetera, like it all will come at a, a cost per se, if you go mm-hmm. too far. And it's, it's understanding that helping again, the mindset is like, it, people don't come in here, you know, to try to um, get the, the Instagram post yeah. <laughs> of them maxing out. Like they know that coach Geyer isn't, like, sure, you're going to see a video or two that go up, especially our yeah. boy, Pat. He loves yep. to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's that, you know, I, I want to see you moving better. I really, although that's a part of it, you know, the, mm-hmm. again, the lifting, et cetera. I want to see you moving better and know that when I run into you in 20 years, that, mm-hmm. you know, you say, man, the things that I learned have helped me way after sport is done, competitive sport. I'm still using those principles to help me be a better moving human being. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that, that just makes me feel good. Um, yeah, without a doubt. So good work. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, I, I try, I try. We, we try as we, as we kind of build out this podcast, I, I want to talk about something that's, it's really interesting. It's, it's something that's relatively new to, um, if if you want to call it the XIP family of brands, tell me a little bit about Ridgeline. I think it's a, a really fascinating, um, concept. And it's, it's something that it feels, you know, not only very, you know, true to the, the core XIP, you know, kind of ideals, but it, it feels like something that's also incredibly relevant and, and just super interesting. So I, I would just love to know more about that and, and where that started. Yeah. Um, so Ridgeline athlete is a, a side brand, um, to XIP. It's a, it's a completely online, um, well, that's not true. It's, it's more than online because we have athletes here going through those um, training in that manner. Basically what it was, it was Ridgeline Athlete is geared towards backcountry athletes. Now, that's what I do now. Um, yeah. You know, my, my, it's like what drives me, here I am training all these athletes, what drives me to train uh, and mm-hmm. to continue to, to push towards my goals. And my goals lie in being a more effective backcountry athlete. I, I love to hunt. Uh, and, and the way that I hunt is not sitting in a tree stand. And on a lot of the people that come to me for training uh, are looking like that's their goal too. Like, hey, I'm going on an elk hunt and I need to be prepared for elevation, for uh, carrying heavy load, for, um, you know, living out of a tent for seven days, et cetera. Like, uh, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a sport, uh, and, and how our bodies, you know, are, uh, prepared for that is vital to the success. It's no different than any other sport. Um, I mean, I literally yesterday spent, I got on a track of a big buck mm-hmm. here in, in New England. Yeah. And I'm sorry if I'm irritating people that aren't into that, but, uh, I, I track, um, these deer. So, you know, I, at daylight I started and, and I, I was not successful, but I was able to um, 
chase that animal basically is what is happening uh, the entire day. I, I didn't get back to my truck until after dark. Uh, my body is, is a wreck today, but the only way that I could do that was due to my training and, and I have to make those changes. So um, Ridgeline Athlete is, is online training. Uh, we have a website, ridgelineathlete.com. You can both purchase standalone programs uh, through our uh, virtual training app or platform, uh, or you can work with myself um, uh, one-on-one the same way that we work with, uh, you know, any other athlete of of any other sport. It was just allowing, you know, sometimes, um, you know, it it, it needed its own sort of uh, side brand uh, because I think there's times when people are like, all they do at XIP is, is everything but that. And I was yeah. like, well, that, wait a minute, that's what I do. That's, yeah. what, I like, that's what I love to do. So, yeah. and, and we've trained so many of those athletes already. And I, there was other um, brands out there. Um, and some of them, I think, do a, a good job. But there was also some who were more or less just using good marketing to use, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't specific to what these athletes needs and the, their needs and the demands of that type of sport, which for those of us who do it, like it's not, you don't, you don't need to, it's a different type of training. Exactly. Uh, so that, that's where it came from. Um, and we have athletes now, uh, you know, it's COVID um, kind of changed things for everybody. So that took a back seat to just surviving that XIP. <laughs> but um, we have, we have athletes all over the country now. Um, um, out to California and uh, Colorado and Utah and then here in the Northeast. Um, and I think others are slowly starting to hear about it. Uh, and, you know, um, we, we've been having an impact and making a difference uh, in that sort of uh, world. Totally. And then I, you, you brought up, I think, just an incredible point there. It's, it's a different type of training. You know, being out, you know, in nature, being out, like you said, in backcountry. I'm a, a proud Coloradan, so you brought up Colorado. So I had just had to bring that up. And yeah. and as someone who's climbed a, a couple of 14ers myself, it's different. It's 100%. It's, it's a different mindset. It's a different level of skills. You're not doing anything, you know, physically exhausting in the sense that, like, you're running or you're jumping or you're, you know, sprinting or doing all these things that you would normally expect right. to do on a field. You're, you know, now having to deal with just – you know, walking up an incline, walking up switchbacks and, you know, 10,000, 11,000, 12,000 foot elevation, all the way up to 14,000 and then walk back down on the surface. Doesn't it look physically taxing? Cause you're like, I, I'm just walking, but it's a whole other group of muscles and a oh, whole man. other system of the body that you're having to use in to achieve that goal. That that's very different than, than what you'd find if, if you're out on, you know, a field or, or out on a track. Absolutely. Yeah. The incline alone. Um, I mean, one that's resistance on the way up, not to mention that when it's steep, people forget that your heel is not on the ground. Yeah. So like what's happening at, at the foot and the ankle, um, which the foot and the ankle is, is something that has totally obsessed me at all levels, every sport. I wish I knew more about that early on in my career, but um, yeah, like it, it's so different, not to mention when you come down, like, oh, well, you get to come down, that absolutely demolishes your, you know, especially like your quads. If you're under totally. load, try yeah. logging out, of, you know, an elk quarter, you got a hundred pounds on your back and you're coming yeah. downhill. Like if yeah. you haven't prepared for that, 
yeah, you'll make it through. Like a lot of it is how strong you are mentally. Oh yeah. <laughs> but what if you want to go do it again the next day? Totally. You know? um, so what if, you know, these people are on a week long hunt in the back country and if you truly want to get the most out of that hunt, like you've got to be physically prepared. Uh, you, you got to have this up here and you have to be able to, um, you have to be able to make the shot. Like I can't help you yeah. with that part, <laughs> yeah. but potentially if your heart rate isn't so freaking Jack that totally. you can't calm down then then potentially yes. But yeah, I mean, it's been fun for me because that's what, that's what drives me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm so sad right now because we had all this nice snow and we're getting like a heat wave here for the next 10 days. Oh my God. At least you guys aren't burning anymore though out in Colorado. No, no, not, not anymore currently, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, oof, it's, it's been brutal for sure. Yeah. But no, I, I just, I like, he's, I'm, I'm so fascinated with it. And like I said, as someone who's done it firsthand, it's, it's, it's a hundred percent something that, you know, it's a, it's a need of a group of athletes um, who are, are very much athletes um, oh, yeah. that needs to be addressed. And, and it's, it's yeah. a different set of skills. You're going from, you know, Hey, I'm on flat track play and I just got to go run in a circle <laughs> to switch back side of a mountain. Sun is beating down. Wind is there. You've got a camel back on with snacks. And, and if it's just, you know, one day, that's, that's all you got. You got the water, the snacks, everything else. But if it's multiple days, you've got a, a tent potentially and, and just yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff. So, it's, I, I just, I was so fascinated when I learned about Ridgeline and, and I just think it's, it's such a cool way to meet the needs of a group of athletes who, you know, the field is, is very different, but, you know, have to still perform at a high level and in conditions that are, you know, adverse to say the least. Absolutely. Wildly inconsistent. Yes. You know, like, like never the same. Um, exactly. Well, we'll have to get you hooked up then, Mike, with a uh, with a program. <laughs> hey, I would. I'd be the first one to give it. I got a. I got two fourteeners. I think we got way. We got. I forget how many, but it's it's definitely way more than uh, I think forty or fifty to go out here. So if if we could get me in a good enough spot to be able to climb those, I would be. I'd be the first one to sign up for Ridgeline. Are you kidding me? I I did right. one this summer and and was fried at the end of it. So if you could yeah. at least get me to do two in a weekend, I'm sold, man. I'm a hundred percent sold. Well, that's good. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll take care of you. Hey, I, I appreciate that. Well, I, I got one more XIP question, and then I want to get to the rapid fire, which I'm I'm really yeah. excited to have you do. Um, was looking at the website, and you know, the you you talk about three requirements that you have of of all of your athletes. You talk about passion, you know, never putting in half of an effort, and enjoying the ride. Where did those kind of three requirements, where did those come from? Was, is there some sort of a story or, or inspiration or learning, you know, why of all the different things that you could choose, did you hone on, on, on those three things with XIP? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, if you're not passionate, um, about your training, I mean, let's face it, we're, we're, we're making your body uncomfortable. Like we're, mm -hmm. we're putting your body into places where, you know, it, it's not the normal, it's, it's not comfortable so that we will adapt. And if you're not passionate about doing that, you're going to struggle. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, we're not trying to, um, it's not that, you know, trying to kill anybody in here, but it's yeah. like, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable. And if you're not passionate, you don't have that, that mental sort of fortitude to help you through those situations, then 
it's going to be tough. Um, and then, you know, I'm also, I'm so passionate. I put so much um, passion into training these, you know, these, these humans that if you can't reciprocate that, like we have to have that sort of uh, energy flow. It's not just about me and it's not yeah. just about you. Like we're a team. And mm -hmm. if, if both sides don't, you know, reciprocate, then it's, it's very hard to have a successful um, training environment and relationship. Um, the number two, uh, I think that, uh, I think you cut out it. it don't put in a half ass effort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I, I save you. Um, yeah. I mean, like if it's a job worth doing, like you got to do it right. And I'm not putting, I'm not putting that effort into you. You know, yeah. you're getting the best out of me. And again, I, I want to get the best out of you. And sometimes yeah. that means that I have to be like, I got to be a coach and I got to find ways to pull that out of you. But yeah, that's mm -hmm. my job. But um, you got to come ready to throw down every day uh, because, you know, that that's how this works. And, and, and that's the fun part of, of finding success in mm -hmm. with the human body and in, in your training. Um, and then uh, I think the third one is smile and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Like, uh, it's got to be fun. You know, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I get serious and I'm going to hold you accountable, but I'm also going to have fun. And, you know, the last thing I want is to be people come in here and, you know, be like, oh, Coach Guyer, he's such a, you know what, it just just hammers me for an hour. And then I walk out and there wasn't even a smile on his face. Like, that would be yeah. horrible. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, people pay money for this. Uh, and even even at like in the high school level, I'm, I'm a uh, head strength coach at a local high school and have been at the college level as well. <laughs> if, if people are coming in to, to go through this, this, um, it's tough, right? Like yeah. we're asking the body to do something that it's not normally doing. So it will adapt to that. And if, if, if you can't have some fun in there too, totally. you know, then it's, man, it's going to get dull. It's going to get, it's going to be hard to get through it. Um, yeah. because there is, a, there is a human side to, to training and, and, and finding, having those relationships and having meaningful conversation with somebody and a little bit of humor is is a great way to find better success uh, in your training. So, you know, if somebody can't smile, um, uh, you're probably exactly. need to go find somewhere else to train. And that's the same yeah. with our with our coaches. Um, I mean, I've had great interviews with uh, coaches in the past, and and they never smiled. They like never. We didn't. They didn't have that sort of sense of humor and whatever. And they yeah. get hired because it's that important. The human side of training is far more important than anything you'll ever put on paper or learn in school. Like totally. you gotta be, as uh, Boyle would say, uh, um, he's the first one I heard say it, certified nice person. You know, yeah. that is the most important certification that you can have uh, if you wanna be successful in this field. Uh, if you're not nice, then um, you go piss up a rope or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that works for you. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I love that answer. And, and this is one of the parts of the interview I'm really looking forward to. It's the rapid fire. We're going to ask okay. you five questions. We're going to have a little bit of fun with it. I'm so interested to get your take on this first one. What is your favorite exercise or movement? Oh, geez. Um, favorite exercise or movement? I mean, Mike, that is such a hard question. For the, for the trainer like I love all movements but I guess that 
uh, sprinting. You know, I mean, I'm I love not, that. Like you can't, here's the way I look at it is like yeah. the, fa the favorite movement or exercise should be the one that keeps you alive the longest. That's like, a great if point. If you can't run away from somebody that's trying to catch you, you know, or something like, let's go back to the saber tooth tiger. If yep. you're slow, you're dead. And yeah. if you can't catch the turkey or whatever, <laughs> you're the deer. Like if you can't yeah. physically get yourself in position to get your food, <laughs> yeah. sustainability, well, then you're not going to survive. You're dead, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and then finally, I mean, if you think about from muscular activation and just, um, like what's best, like running, sprinting, um, mm -hmm. is going to, it's, it's super high speed. It's very dynamic. You're using the entire kinetic, like the whole system, yep. uh, super coordinated motion. Uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of like, uh, motor cortex involvement, you know, at, at the brain yep. level. And so yeah, sprinting. I love that. You're the first person to answer sprinting. And I think Are you you're, in, you're the first, but I love it. It's the one that keeps you alive the longest. That's the, yeah. that's the only defense anyone needs to hear sprinting right now. Top of the list for me. So you're, you're one for one. This next one I'm interested in. So let's just say you've, you've just gotten done, you know, with, with a, with a hunt, you've been outdoors. Maybe you've gotten done training. You know, what is your go-to meal afterwards? Where are you going to treat yourself? Or are you going to go treat yourself? Or are you going maybe with a healthy option? You've just been outside. You've been doing a lot of work. What's, what's the first stop oh, for you? Easy, Where are you going man, to eat? That's, that's backstrap salad. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We love uh, – I mean, obviously, the, one of the biggest reasons I love to, to hunt is to be able to uh, procure my own, uh, you know, meat, clean meat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absolutely a meat eater as my whole family is, but mm -hmm. you know, having that good clean stuff is the best. Um, and then, you know, salad, uh, making sure I'm getting my greens and, yep. and, uh, probably a glass of glass of milk with it. Um, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, that's basically what we eat. Perfect. <laughs> greens, and greens and meat and pretty boring. Nobody would, Nobody would have a whole lot of fun eating at our house, but uh, what I, I think you get you get points for for catching your own meal there. So I, I don't think that's boring yeah. at all for for going out and getting for uh, you're you're not exactly going down to the store uh, to get your own meat in that scenario. You're you're going out, <laughs> yeah. you're you're earning that's it. That's so the get, hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. Yeah, but you're yeah. getting points there. You're two for two right now. So I, I absolutely love where this is at. This next one, I'm always fascinated when we ask this one. If you weren't uh, a trainer, if you weren't doing what you are doing now, you would be doing what? Um, I'd be living off grid in the woods. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, my, we, my wife and I talk about it quite often. Um, and you know, you know, people listen to the show, maybe be like, Oh, let's listen to this hipster here. Like he just, you know, no, it's, it's like, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I mean, honestly, man, it's, uh, the, probably one of the greatest reads I had in the last uh, two years was, um, um oh my gosh i'm having a brain cramp after i throw that out um richard louvre it's um the last child in the woods okay and interesting. He, he makes a play on words he said it, it you know it's saving um saving children from nature deficit disorder mm -hmm. and although that's not a real disorder he was just you know, kind of making a joke there, but it's a phenomenal book on how important nature is to our health and performance too. I mean, there's actually a ton of uh, study in there that would relate back to 
the competitive athlete. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we joke that like we watch um, Alaska, the last frontier yeah. or some of these shows that are out in the, you know, or these homesteaders and yeah, you know, it's like, you know, it's like my wife was drinking tea the other day and she said, uh, she goes, Oh, listen to this. And on the, you know, the little thing on the tea bag, I have a little saying and it mm -hmm. was nature never hurries, but everything always gets done. And it's like, sometimes we get so caught up in not being present, you know, like the first thing I say, well, I'll have these fall camps with a uh, hundred plus kids on the field. Uh, not during this summer, but uh, in years past. And, and the first thing I would say, I bring them all in and be like, guys, the only thing I need from you right now is mm -hmm. for you to be present. I need you to be right here where your feet are because until you can do that, you are never going to get 100% out of what we're about to do in this workout, you know? Yeah. And they all, they're like, it makes sense. Like if you're thinking about something else, mm -hmm. well then maybe 20% of your mind is there and it's not here totally. in your training and in, in life. And I think that that's what draws me to the outdoors so much um, mm -hmm. is that I, I am nowhere else. You know, when I'm tracking that buck yesterday, I, I can't be anywhere else because guess what? He's not. And, yeah. and if I go, if my brain is elsewhere and then he wins, you know, and as it is, he, he won anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I think that we as humans are, have gotten so far away from just being present. And mm -hmm. I tell you, it doesn't, you don't have to hunt fish, you know, any of that stuff, just go spend some time in the outside, grow a garden, you know, yeah. and, and, and just, just get more, just get back to our roots. Uh, so yeah, I'd be, I hope anyway, I don't know if I could, I don't, I don't know about money or what, however that would work, but I'd be trying to homestead or doing something like that. Maybe give me some Wi-Fi and I'll just train uh, Ridgeline yeah. athletes online and, and, and go about it like that. Okay. So per, again, you're three for three, <laughs> loved all the answers to this point. This next one, I got this one and then I got one more. What's your favorite part of your job? It's, it's connecting with humans you know, just like having meaningful relationships with other human beings. Um, you know, I mean, other trainers, coaches know that so much energy and time. I mean, I, I was here at quarter of six this morning, uh, especially now with, you know, I, we lost some staff with COVID. Uh, you know, my day is a short day is 11 hours. Yeah. So all of this time that I spend at work, um, you know, work, it, I need to have, again, selfishly, I need to have something that gives back, you know, to me in a way that makes it all worth it, especially when I'm pulling that time from my family, you know, like I, I got two little kids and they would love to have me home. Um, I spend less time with my family than I do here. Yeah. So I need to be able to make, I need to be able to connect and have relationships and bullshit about, you know, the, the game you watch on the weekend or whatever, like we need to be able to do that too, the human side of it. And I feel, I feel thankful that I have that opportunity that I'm not, I might not be getting rich, but I'm, I'm also not, um, I'm not sitting here in this office all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, no, exactly. I'm, able to, I'm able to move around and connect with humans and, and, and make a difference again in other yeah. people's lives. So yeah, I guess that's, that's my, answer there. I love that.
I love that. Four for four. Last one. This is one that we always ask, and, and it's one that I, I love all the answers to. We're all about building strength. So I want to know what gives you strength? Uh, again, it's that energy, you know, um, it, the energy that people give back. Uh, just going, I mean, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than people that just show up. And I don't mean here because that doesn't, I got a pretty, you know, my audience here, I think that being in business for a long time has helped with that. Like people know, mm -hmm. um, we, it kind of self selects, right? Yeah. Like, um, but, um, like that, that energy that I get, um, when I'm with a hundred kids on the field or, or the, the gym, like we have these, you'll have some, something great happen. Somebody pushes really hard and they make mm -hmm. it through and they, and they, they, maybe they get a PR or maybe they don't. And they just, yeah. they're like, you can just tell that they just, they just conquered that workout. They, they set themselves up for such a great mm -hmm. day and whatever that gives me energy and just gets me fired up. Whereas yeah. a true, like the energy suck. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's, what's hard for me. It's like yeah. people just don't care, you know, and don't care enough and don't reciprocate again. Um, so uh, yeah, that gives me strength and that, that keeps me firing and forging ahead and, and, uh, keeps me excited so that I can give that energy to the next person to come in, you know? Totally. Well, okay. Five for five. You crush the rapid fire aces across the board. So Does anybody ever fail? On <laughs> no, so yet we've had no fails so far, but you Probably, never know in yeah. the rapid fire. You never know in the rapid fire. That's why we do it at the end of every show. Uh, before we wrap up, where can we find you on social media? I want to make sure that, that we're showing you as much love as we can um, on social media. So where can we find you and, and how can we show you some love? Um, yeah, absolutely. So XIP training, um, I think it's XIP underscore training, uh, on Instagram, we have a Facebook account as well. Um, and then Ridgeline athlete, uh, is also on Instagram and, you know, uh, we have a Facebook page as well, but then you can also reach out to me through email. I think that, um, you know, I, I, every coach says that, like, you can reach out to me and, and, you know, send me questions. I think that so few people actually do that. Uh, and I'm always open to that. Um, you know, it, it's great to have conversations with new people. And, and, uh, so you can reach me at XIP training, uh, at gmail.com. And there is a, if it's pertains to Ridgeline athlete, it's Ridgeline athlete at gmail.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, Adrian, I appreciate you coming on the show. This has just been an, an absolute blast. This is yeah. just, we've, we've touched on so much. So um, I can't say thanks enough. We, you know, we can't say thanks enough. This is going to be just an incredible episode and we are so excited to have you on again. Yeah. Hey, I, I appreciate the opportunity, Mike. It's always great to, to chat and, and you know, um, Anchor is doing some awesome things. I'm so, I'm so glad to have, um, you know. Thank you. I've been a part of that with you guys and, and I wish you the, the best of luck. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, um, we, you didn't ask anything about us using the, the anchor, but, um, you're a good, you're a good host. Uh, very self. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. I appreciate I mean, it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Because, uh, that's been a good addition for us. Well, awesome. Well, we are super excited to have you on again sometime. You, you got to come back at, at another point. I feel like we got to get, you know, way more into the Ridgeline stuff. We've only scratched the surface here. Um, so we're excited to have you back on at a later point. But other than that, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, great. Thank you, Mike.